Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Decaf, a production of the Beacon Center of Tennessee. I'm Taylor Dawson, as always, joined by my coworker Mark Cunningham. Mark, how's it going today? You got any sports teams you'd like to, to rep this week? I, I just got jumped my jazz hat on. I'm very excited. And also, I thought about this. I think once the season starts and they have a little bit more money, maybe I'll get you a Sexton jersey. I, I thought about it. And I feel like it would be good if you if, if you promise to wear it at oh, least four times yes. a year. <laughs> okay, four times. I'll do. Oh. <laughs> Easily, I will do that. I'll add to my jersey collection, which as of right now is only Alabama jerseys. In but public. And will, if they ask, you have to say, yes, I am a jazz fan. And that's no other points. <laughs> yes, I am a jazz fan. I will write it on my hand so that I don't forget it. Uh, it listen, anything for my Bama boys. And, you know, the jazz, I, I've said a lot of disparaging things about the jazz, mostly because they were mostly directed at you and your judgment. But they have really cool colors and their logo is really cool. So I can get behind a team. I look great in purple and blue and all of the jazz colors. So I can support that. I can I can wear it four times four times a year. And yes, I'm a jazz fan. Okay. All right, and they got, deal. They got these new yellow and black ones that are not quite as cool. So we'll see which ones. I, I, I uh, tried to look for jerseys, but you can't buy them yet because we don't even know what Sexton's uh, number is going to be yet. So we probably oh, won't be able to do that in right. the fall. Maybe it'll be number 18 after Alabama's 18 uh, football national championships. A girl can dream, right? Probably not. I think two two is probably the most likely since that's what he's always worn. But whatever. We'll see. Oh, well, whatever. A girl girl can dream. We'll talk about about the the football chat later on and my uh, heart attack this weekend. I almost didn't make it to age 31, but we'll get to that later. (laughs) We have cause for celebration today, Mark, and it is uh, 9.40 a.m. as of recording, so we can't pop bottles of champagne quite yet. But Governor Lee announced this week that the ESA program in Tennessee has now enrolled 200 kids, 200 children, school-age children in Tennessee have been enrolled and accepted into the Education Savings Account program. And we can talk about why this is a big deal, but Mark, are you as excited as I am about this? I'm sure you are. This is a huge deal. Yeah, I think it's cool when you kind of work on policy or, or you believe these things are important and then it finally like comes to fruition, right? So this is... Yes. The, this is... I mean, it's crazy to think about this because this, this predates me. I mean, when we talk about Justin, this has been basically over a decade of his life working yes, to exactly. make school choice something in Tennessee. And of course, it's nowhere near where we want it to be, right? We want it to be way more universal than it is now. Right. But it's such a big step. And it's like, I think somebody like Justin, who has you know, been successful at everything in his career, this is the yeah. one thing that's probably um, really kind of kept him up at night and be like, why can't I do something with this? And why can't I get him. this path? Exactly. So I feel like yes. for somebody like the kids matter so much, but like for somebody like Justin, this has been his life's work essentially. And it's just awesome to see it finally coming to fruition and kids starting to benefit. The idea that these 200 kids, you know, who basically felt like I, I mean, they were mm-hmm. they were left behind. They felt like they had no they options. Were forgotten. Yeah, exactly. And they can do it now. And let's remember, this is all because of a shortened. You know, it, it's it's because it was such a shortened timeline, and you basically only had like a couple weeks to do this because of the the Supreme Court having to decide whether it was you know constitutional or not. So I think it's such a good start, and I think it will be a great you know. It, it's going to be much higher next year. So the fact that already 200 people were like, that's higher than we could have ever imagined with the the small amount of time needed in order to do this. No. Well, it just shows that the demand, like no matter what happened, no matter what anyone said, the cities, the school districts, the counties that were 
suing the state over this and trying to prevent it from actually happening. This just goes to show that the demand was always there. Parents were always wanting better options for their kids. I actually spoke at a charter school a couple weeks ago. And as I was talking, parents were nodding because these parents see the schools that their children are zoned for and they want better for their kids. And there are a lot of great public schools out there. There are a lot of parents whose needs are being met by those public schools. But for parents whose children need and want a better option for their specific learning needs, this is huge. And I've always said, if one kid's life is changed by this program, it will have been worth it. And now at least 200 are in that camp. So I'm, (laughs) I mean, I have some leftover champagne from my birthday right there in the kitchen and five o'clock today, we should just, we should celebrate. I'm just, I'm absolutely beside myself thrilled with how this is going. I'm glad that you're you're not drinking before 10 a.m. on a weekday, but that that is a positive. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have I have my coffee. I'm on, I'm strictly on coffee until 5 p.m. But then it will then it will transition to to champagne for the celebration because you're right for Justin for all of the advocates that have worked so hard for this for the lawmakers who have been passionate about this for a long time and for the kids and the families most of all. This is a huge. Imagine, Mark. Do you remember getting college acceptance letters in the mail? I remember when it was college yeah. acceptance letter season and getting them in the mail and thinking how exciting that was going to be. But these are kids who didn't know if college acceptance would be in their future, and now they're getting a chance at a brighter future. I, I can't imagine. If I was a mom, I'd be crying. I might cry right now. Shoot, this is a huge, huge deal. And I mean, the really cool thing about this is that, you know, you've heard all the negatives from the left. I mean, not even from the left, really, from the teachers union and and the people who, I guess, feel like school choice isn't an option because it takes money out of their pocket or something. I don't quite know. But all these people have warned them and said, oh, all these bad things are going to happen. I mean, all, all, of course, completely not factual and, and just truly, I mean, actually pretty disgusting if we're being honest. But they're saying all these things about how bad it is and, you know, it's going to hurt the union, all these things. And these parents still were willing to take that chance hearing all these negative things about it. So it's like these families just needed a lifeline so badly. And they were even willing to say, you know, I keep hearing all these bad things from one specific, one very loud um, group of people. And even with all that, yeah, even with that, like I am willing to take this chance because I know that my child deserves better. I mean, we've seen this work in other states. It's going to be successful. And I think that it's cool that with such minimal time, we still have over 200 people accepted. I expect, I expect it's probably going to go up. And I imagine that that's going to be such a good – it's such a good start. And then when we see what happens next year – and like we said before, there's a lot of great public schools. There's a lot of great charter schools. For sure. There's a lot of great private schools. There's a lot of bad ones yes. of all three of those too. So it's not a yes. – it's not a it's not an attack on public education. There's bad charter schools. There's bad private schools. There, there's bad of everything. The whole point that we're making is not that public schools are good or bad. It's that if you have a public school, you know, that isn't meeting your needs, you should have a choice. And it could be a good public school, it doesn't mean your needs. It could be a terrible public school, it doesn't mean anybody's needs. The point is that you should have the choice. So that that's all it is. And it's exciting to see this happen. And you know, what we just talked about, 200 kids' lives have been completely changed by this. I love when Mark throws a pep rally for school choice. Honestly, it gets me so amped up. I'm going to be like bouncing off the walls later. Let's transition into a national topic that has caused quite a stir recently on the left and the right. I don't know about you, Mark, but I was once a big Patagonia girl. 
I wore everything Patagonia all the time. I loved it. And I know that they are very uh, focused on sustainability and the climate and making sure that land is cultivated well. But Patagonia's uh, CEO, I guess their founder, he's getting up there in years. He's, He's a little old. And he recently, this week, I think, announced that he is giving away $3 billion worth of the company. So basically all the non-voting stock, which is like, I think 98% of it to uh, foundations, land trusts to fight climate change and cultivate land in a proper way that he deems as proper. Now, listen, I fully believe in a company doing whatever a company wants to do with its own money. However, I feel like, again, this is a highly pandering move. I'm still trying to work out my exact thoughts on it, but it seems kind of silly and like it could really damage the company in the future where a lot of people are a lot of people are still counting on Patagonia and working there and that's their jobs and their livelihoods and now all of this money from the founder is gone. I don't know. I don't really understand any of it. Uh, Mark, what are what are your thoughts? I'm just very confused. Yeah, I don't think I agree with you. Um, the first thing is I know the guy's name, which is cool. So his name is Yvonne Schumannard. And I only know that because I saw, if you've ever seen the movie, The Heartbreak Kid with Jerry Stiller and Ben Stiller, he like basically- Yeah, I can't lied. say I've ever seen that one. Oh, it's fantastic. It is it is pretty raunchy, but it's great. But he's, he basically lies to his wife about how he, he owns a sporting- Of course, it's store. raunchy. And he had a, he had a meeting. He's like, oh yeah, I met with the, the Patagonia guy, Yvonne Schumannard. You know, Yvonne. And so I know oh my gosh. I looked him up, and I'm like, oh, that's that's cool. Um, no, I I think it's not that it's great because I don't care, but like I think it's great that you know a company is putting their money in something they believe in instead of having the asking the government to do it for them. So I think that this I I don't I think that this person, whether or not you believe in it, I think they really believe in in this. You know in this cause and they think that you know climate change is the most important thing and you know protecting wildlife biodiversity i mean there's a lot of different parts of this and whether or not i agree that's my life's work i think it's fine that he did i think it's great actually because this is we need more of this instead of trying to get the government to do all these things for us like oh we need them to do this this spend millions and trillions of dollars because i think we talked about this the whole time that private industry Nonprofits, they do things better than the government almost a hundred percent of the time. So I think that if, well, if climate yes. <laughs> change if climate change is something that matters to him and he feels like these organizations do well with it, I say more power to the guy. And, and I don't I think that you're kind of maybe confusing stock prices um, and stock holdings with like the employees. So they're starting to get paid the same amount. I mean, this is not this is only the stock. Okay. Yes. That's what, that's the part that I didn't understand was, are the employees still going to have jobs? Cause that's where my first mind went. And like, if he's giving away all the share of the company, is Patagonia still going to exist and all these people still going to have jobs. So you're telling me that that's going to be yeah, safe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, it's shares of the stock. So it's not like okay. they actually, it's right. not like they actually okay. are going to do okay. stuff on the daily basis. But I think it's a, I mean, I just think it's, I think it's great. And again, the, the cause doesn't really matter so much to me what they're doing it with. I think it's important to say, you know what, I believe in this whatever particular thing. And I believe in it so much, I'm going to put my entire life's work on the line for it. I think that's great. I, whether or not I think that's what I put my life's work on, no, but fine. No. Like mm-hmm. I, I think it's good for him. 
I actually do agree with the premise of what you're saying. My heartburn was coming from, is Patagonia going to cease to exist and the company's going to go out of business because he's donating all of this money and giving away the company on all the wealth? But if you're saying that the company's still going to be okay, then this was from a selfish perspective because I do love their shorts. I, I do think it's huge to put your money where your mouth is instead of pressuring the government to do it, which they have done in the past, but it's a new day and he is putting his money where his mouth is. Okay. <clears throat> Mark, I actually today see where you're coming from. And also he owns a company. Guess what? It's his company. As much as we want to talk about it, it's not the employee's company. Even if they did, even if they did cease to exist, that is his company. He can do what he wants with it. We've, we talked about it the whole time when, you know, you, you see like these employees trying to own part of the company or feel like, oh, I need this or I need to be unionized. Like it's his company. And, and if the employees don't like it, they can work somewhere else. If they do lose their jobs, which shouldn't be part of that, like, I don't care. It's his company. And, you know, you might feel bad for anybody who loses the job, but it's not our place to say what's good or bad. And I, I am just excited for once that somebody, instead of begging the government to put more money behind us, oh, we need more money during homelessness, all these things, that he's actually putting his his own money, not saying, oh, I need the government to take all the money. I, I'm going to actually make an impact myself. I fully agree with that. Mark always gets frustrated with me because I am tenderhearted to a fault. And anytime I hear something like this, I'm like, what about the people? What about their families? They're not going to be able to eat. But I see where you're coming from now. I think that your argument is much more uh, reasonable than mine is. Mine was a little bit emotional. But yes, I, I agree. Let's let's encourage more. And you know what? For all of the people that think that this is a really great thing that he's doing, it wouldn't be possible without capitalism. This kind of giving yep. is brought to you by capitalism. So there's right. also that for a consideration for uh, anybody who's anybody who's praising this action out of one side of their mouth and then trashing capitalism out of the other side of their mouth. And Venezuela can't have a company give they can't have a company give three billion dollars <laughs> of climate change. They can have a company give like uh, maybe a roll of toilet paper if they're lucky in Venezuela. So oh my gosh, Mark, that's so dark. And I think we need to move on before I get sad again. Um, well, <clears throat> the topic that we're going to talk about now, I uh, I am going to be sad about. Out because we were talking about college football. And while Alabama did win this weekend, uh, it, it was not pretty. And so Alabama played Texas on Saturday. For me, that was really tough. I turned 31 on Sunday and I didn't think I was going to make it to 31. I thought I was going to go into cardiac arrest during that game because apparently our team just decided to take a nap during the game, just didn't just didn't feel like playing. They didn't feel it that day. I'm being ugly to the tide. I never do that. I need to take it back. It was a it was a weird Saturday for us Alabama fans. I'll shut up about it now. Mark, how did your bets do? Please tell me you did better than you did last week. I did. I went I went two and one on our thing, so that was a positive, including the Kentucky outright win. But let's talk about Alabama for a second. It wasn't that they just didn't play good. They should have lost. I mean, if you look at every they were outplayed. Their quarterback, I mean, the starting quarterback who was playing great got hurt for Texas. And the refs helped out a lot with a what should have been a safety that they called wrong, which would have been a, a huge game changer. And then just the, the lack of a whole call at the end when your quarterback basically saved the day by doing a 20-yard run and getting out of a, a sack. So, I mean, it was a um, – it was a when people talk about this, and I don't think it's an SEC thing, but the refs want Alabama to win. I, I don't really have a question about that. I think that's the way they feel about Georgia, Ohio State. There's I top think, end teams. Okay. I think God wants Alabama to win. He does not. Part. He does. He <laughs> I mean, absolutely – I'm going to have to answer to that. I'm going to answer yeah, to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it, it, the refs <laughs> essentially – 
I don't want to say they won the game for Alabama, but it was really close to doing that, plus the injury. But Alabama was outplayed. Um, I think that, you know, the moment I said something good about Alabama last week, I was basically proven wrong right away. Um, I think it's a part – I think it's a thing where Texas is pretty good. I think that they're not a bad team. Um, they look good. They, sure. they really – and this is one of the first times I've seen this in, in the history, and, and I'm not even a huge fan of Texas coach, but Nick Saban was outcoached. They were ready for him, and he yeah. did not have any answers for what Texas had brought. And, you know, Gary Patterson, who they hired in the offseason, was a great. But Alabama did not look great, and we talked about how great the SEC looked. They looked terrible last week. Texas A&M lost mm-hmm. to Appalachian State at home. Georgia lost by like five – Georgia lost by like five touchdowns. Or not Georgia, I'm sorry. Missouri lost by like five touchdowns at a mediocre Kansas State team. Right, Vanderbilt just got blasted. And, like all these, te- all these teams that were, you know, all these teams that we were excited about. But the one thing I was certainly right about is that Florida was overrated. We knew it the whole time, and Kentucky went down. We to always knew. Kentucky went down to Gainesville and just embarrassed them without their top three running backs. So remember what we said at the beginning of the year, my Kentucky. I, I was really on them. Um, so did. that was exciting to see that do know- well. My mom listened to that podcast and called me. She hung, we're on the phone. She goes, I'm going to listen to your podcast right now. And we hung up less than podcast length time later. She called me back and she goes, what is Mark thinking? Kentucky is not going to be good this year. And I said, I know mom, just let him go. And so I have to say the Dawson girls, the Dawson girls were wrong about you, Mark. We were both, we were both anti-Mark. And now we see that you were, you were right. And I hate that. Those words taste really. <laughs> You're always anti Mark, though. <laughs> you, I am always anti Mark, but telling you that you were right, those words taste really bitter coming out of my mouth. I don't like it. <laughs> well, you can tell me I was wrong, though, about Alabama being so good. If you want to tell me I was wrong about that, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> I think we should end the podcast early because I don't know how much more of this I can take. This is physically hurting me. Okay, well, before we move on to our last segment, yeah. what, what you got this week? Well, first of all, I want to also give Tennessee credit. They want they want a tough game. I think that that's actually worth noting that they did a great job um, against a pretty good pit team. Now, granted, another one where their quarterback got hurt. Apparently, the SEC just always, I guess, benefits from starting quarterbacks getting hurt. But uh, that was good. So, <laughs> I think up. this week, I do. I think that Georgia just absolutely murders South Carolina. I think it's going to be really bad. So, I take them okay. with the twenty four and a half points. Uh, okay. It's it, it's going to be a bad one. Um, this oh, is yeah. going to be – Ron's going to love this. I'm going to take Georgia Tech to cover against Ole Miss. They're down they're 17-point underdogs. Okay. I think they, I think they, All right. I don't, I don't know if they win, but I think it's very close. I'm taking – I don't know what happened, but I'm taking Penn State to beat Auburn. Okay. Pretty, pretty badly, too. I don't think it's going to be that close. And then my that favorite will be beautiful. Bet, my favorite bet. This team won me like two grand last year on this future bet. I love Northern Illinois to beat Vanderbilt by more than two and a half. That is my five star bet of the week. That I think Vanderbilt just gets beaten by a, a, a you know a very small Division One team who won the MAC conference last year. Okay. All right. I we will keep track of all of those. I'm going to write them down as soon as we get done, and I'll see if you're right or wrong. Because when you were texting me on Saturday, did you notice that I stopped responding because it was physically making me ill to hear your commentary on the Alabama game? It's like I'm going to throw up if I keep texting him back. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> you, you you did win this. I mean, oh, I know you got a lot of breaks, got pretty lucky, but a win is a win mm-hmm. in, in, in the in the end of it. So you beat a pro- probably a top 20 team in the country. Uh, that's worth something on the road. So, I mean, you know, that doesn't, and Saban seems, Saban seems to always come back strong after a close win or close loss. That seems to be one of the things he does. 
Oh, yeah, it's going to be good. I feel really sorry for Louisiana Monroe this weekend. Oh, God. <laughs> play them. Oh, so oh. You're playing, it's going to be bad. <laughs> I got to say one thing before, because I was so mad about it. I didn't have anybody to, to – the University of Michigan should be so ashamed of their schedule. This is a top-10 team. They are playing UConn, Hawaii, and Colorado State in the first three games. I'm so sick of it because everybody fairly – Blast the SEC for playing these weak non-conference games. And it's true. They do. With the exception of Alabama, who usually plays a tough team. But I am mm-hmm. – the Michigan schedule is so disgusting that if I was a poll – if I was an AP poll top 25 voter, I would vote them out of the top 25 because of how awful their early season schedule is. They're not playing any real teams. It's a bunch of teams that are going to have two wins in small conferences. And I'm just actually disgusted by this. I feel like that would be enough for me not to pick to make the playoff even if they go undefeated because this is such an embarrassment. And you see, you know, Georgia – plays Auburn, Alabama plays Texas, you have Ohio State playing Notre Dame, you have these top teams playing real competition, and meanwhile, Michigan's just like, oh, let's play the, the, the little sisters of the poor or whatever. I'm sorry, Suze Oldek, I, I love you, <laughs> but Michigan, it, it's disgusting, and I think they should be ashamed of themselves for the schedule they played. And not the players, the administration who set the schedule up. Yeah, the, the campaign <laughs> starts today to keep Michigan out of the playoffs. <laughs> no campaign what, starts no, today. Yep, yep, no matter what. <laughs> no, no matter what. Uh, before we go, let's talk about another fun topic other than trashing Michigan. Um, yeah. Sorry to all my Michigan friends out there. I still love you guys. But Mark brought up a great topic today, and I'm always happy to talk about this. Uh, so I will ask you the question first, then you can pose it to me. Mark, who is the celebrity that you hate? Emphasis on the hate the most. Yeah, so I think about this because I've seen Rory McIlroy, who's a golfer and just the most annoying person in the world. Like He is so obsessed with LIV thing, he won't stop talking about it. And it's like, just stop. Nobody cares. That's all he talks about now. But he is not in my worst one, but I think about people I hated and I think I have a top two and one is barely a celebrity, but Sean Penn, I can't stand that guy. Sean Penn is just one of the worst people, just like, you know, loves dictators and I, I hate that moral superiority thing that he has. And I can't I, I can't stand him. I think he's awful. But this is a political new, commentator. New so t-shirt. Yes. Hey, new new t-shirt idea from your dad. Sean Penn loves dictators. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's actually a big Hugo Chavez fan. Um, but oh, the, per, the person who I probably hate the most, and this is a political person, and I feel like I'm really kicking him when he's down, but Brian Stelter, the worst person in America, the former CNN host yeah. who just got a show canceled and is now going to Harvard, is yeah. he makes my skin crawl like nobody else. And I don't even think he's a celebrity because he's not that famous and obviously not even famous no. enough to get people to watch his show. But the worst. Yeah, the worst, D-list. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe worse. So he's really tough. Um, so that's what I, I have a lot of other ones who I dislike, um, but I think that those are the top ones. So who is your, you know, most, not even hated, hated is a strong word, the most disliked celebrity? This woman, and I feel bad because I'm kind of kicking her while she's down too. She was just diagnosed with cancer and I do feel bad and I hope that she's very healthy. (laughs) I know this is really bad. I hope she makes a full recovery. I just have a huge distaste for Jane Fonda. I remember when Monster-in-Law, her movie with Jennifer Lopez came out when I was in middle school, elementary school, something. And my mom said, we will not be seeing that. We will not see a movie with Hanoi Jane. And I was like, what does that mean? And my mom explained to me how she is a traitor from the Vietnam War. And she like took the side of the, it was just, it, it, she, I just can't stand her. And then she panders and she has all these opinions. It goes back to like what I feel about actors and entertainment people making their entire persona a political thing. I'm like, please don't do that. I really just want to enjoy your films. She's a straight up traitor. 
And I I have such a huge distaste for her. In a time of war, she went against the Americans. Not cool. Not cool, Jane. Not cool. It's Can't crazy. stand her. It's so crazy how good those, she looks, though. She does look really good for age. I don't know how she's aged that well. So maybe like being anti-American has made her age better. Um, but she does. And okay, also, is Mark. <laughs> is Lena Dunham still famous? Because I hate her. I don't know if that's like, if, is she still no. famous? Okay. <laughs> well, I, I would Dunham say no. one of the worst. <laughs> Anybody who said they're going to move to Canada... When Trump won and didn't actually yes. move also goes on my list. Yes, we'll put them all on the list. But yeah, Lena Dunham, she's she's actually one of my Suzanne in our office really can't stand Lena Dunham. Don't oh, get her good, started good on Suzanne. that. Good. <laughs> yes. But if you have a if you have a celebrity that you dislike immensely, drop it in the comments. We would love to see uh, where everybody stands on this issue. And with that, this has been Decaf by the Beacon Center of Tennessee. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and we will see you guys next week. Hey! Woo!